Welcome to Love Your Heart, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic's Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute. These podcasts will help you learn more about your heart, thoracic, and vascular systems, ways to stay healthy, and information about diseases and treatment options. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Dr. Melinda Desai, and I'm a cardiologist at Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm also the director of the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Center for the Cleveland Clinic. Thank you for uh, listening to us. I would like to talk to you about the potential role of cardiac imaging in diagnosis and risk stratification of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. As all of you know, this is a fairly common disorder, uh, occurs in about one in 500 individuals, and there is some genetic predisposition, but uh, still the, uh, it is now increasingly being recognized, and it is increasingly being recognized that imaging is crucial, not only in making the diagnosis, but also helping stratify your risk for future problems, including need for procedures or your risk for sudden cardiac death. So let me walk you through what, how we think about HCM at the Cleveland Clinic and how we approach it from a imaging perspective as it relates to diagnosis and risk stratification. So obviously, a some level of clinical suspicion is important for uh, getting to the next step of, of diagnosis. Uh, an EKG or an electrocardiogram is the first basic test that potentially would be performed in addition to a physical examination. Uh, just because you have a totally normal ECG does not mean that there are not subtle changes in imaging. So that is something important to keep. The, the first line diagnostic uh, modality that your doctor is likely to order is gonna be uh, an echocardiogram. Echocardiogram is a sonogram ultrasound of your heart. Uh, and it, it, a good, a well done echocardiogram would, would take about 45 minutes to an hour to complete. Essentially what that helps us do is help us make a diagnosis. It looks at the thickening of the heart muscle, which is very common in HCM. It looks at your mitral valve, which tends to be a player and adds to, out, to obstruction to the flow of blood. Uh, it looks at the degree of mitral valve leak or mitral regurgitation. The echo helps to look at uh, your the structure called papillary muscles. Papillary muscles, they, they support the mitral valve. Uh, it looks at your left upper chamber or the left atrium. It also looks at your ejection fraction. The other thing in, uh, in some folks who have a variant of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy called the apical variant where the problem is not up top but in the bottom of the heart or the apex, it helps us look for the thickening down there as well as uh, whether or not you have an apical aneurysm or, uh, or a small pouch there. In addition to that, some patients may also have a blood clot or a thrombus in there. So all these things are, looked, are evaluated by an initial echocardiogram. Additionally, most of you would have heard that uh, there is evidence of outflow tract obstruction uh, or a gradient. Gradient. Gradient is the pressure difference between your aorta or the, uh, or the structure just outside the heart and within the heart. Uh, it is called left ventricular outflow tract gradient. Many patients with HCM have gradient at rest that is severely elevated. 
uh, a number to remember is 30 millimeters of mercury. If your resting gradient is more than 30 millimeters, that is considered to be significant. Uh, many patients don't have gradients at rest, but those are the patients whom we may need to stimulate the heart, provoke the heart, and often patients will have an echocardiogram with what is called a Valsalva maneuver where you are gonna be bearing down and that increases the pressure within the heart and brings out the gradient. In, in many cases, we will end up doing something called an amyl nitrite inhalation where you inhale amyl nitrite that speeds up your heart and it can bring out your outflow tract obstruction. So all these are happening as you get referred for an echocardiogram as, as a workup of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Uh, additionally, there are some newer things we are doing now. Call, we are measuring strain in those. Strain is a function where basically we are looking at how the regional muscle in a small area, it is behaving. And strain, we have shown, it provides incremental value in addition to normal heart function, which is otherwise known as ejection fraction. So you have made, uh, you made it, you've had an echo. Uh, you, uh, it shows that you may have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Next step is what do you, uh, you know, we wanna, we may send you for something called a stress echocardiogram. Uh, what, what is that? It's a stress test where we are going to make you run on a treadmill or an upright bike and essentially at peak stress, at peak exercise uh, level, we would then measure the images on an echocardiogram to again see what's happening to your heart function, heart size, what's happening to your obstruction uh, to the flow of blood or the gradient and what is happening to your mitral valve. In addition to that, we are also looking at your exercise capacity as well as your heart rhythm on, e on electrocardiogram. So all these help us risk stratify you. All these help us to decide how bad your disease is. Do we need to send you for some invasive procedures like surgical myectomy or alcohol septal ablation? Let's assume you have proceeded to, the, uh, uh, before you go to surgery or, or alcohol septal ablation, there's one step that your doctor may commonly do, and that is call an MRI of your heart, a cardiac MRI. This, is an, a, this has taken off in the last decade or so. What that helps is it provides a better adjunct to echocardiography in some cases where it is a more precise measurement of your wall thickness. It can look at the structures within the heart, like the apex, much better than an echocardiogram. Uh, it can also quantify the degree of mitral regurgitation or the mitral valve leak. It can better take a look at your papillary muscles. The other huge advantage of MRI is it can look at fibrosis or scar buildup in your heart muscle. And this is emerging as a major player in terms of risk factor for sudden cardiac death. If your scar amount in your left ventricle or the left, left lower chamber of the heart is more than 15%, 1-5%, then it is considered to be a risk factor for increased, sudden increased risk of sudden cardiac death. In addition to that, uh, uh, an MRI can provide some additional value where it can uh, look at diffuse fibrosis using some technique called, you may hear about it, T1 mapping, etc. So at, at baseline, as people are being worked up uh, for the disease, you will have an echo, You'll, you may have a stress echo, 
you very likely will have a cardiac MRI in addition to EKG. Now, you are you unfortunately made it and a decision has been made to send you to, uh, uh, you unfortunately made it to a point where surgery or alcohol septal ablation is needed. Then in the operating room, very commonly uh, when you are asleep, uh, you will also have something called a transesophageal echocardiogram. That is uh, where it's, it's, a, it, it's an echocardiogram, it's ultrasound of your heart where there's a tube about my finger's thickness is passed into your food pipe or esophagus and where we take pictures of your heart from right next to the heart. It helps the surgeon with the actual procedure of myectomy which involves shaving of the heart muscle from the thickest area of the heart. It also it tells, guides the surgeon where to cut uh, and more importantly how much to cut. In addition, it also helps guide the surgeon if he or she needs to repair the mitral valve or the papillary muscle. Uh, similar in the, to in the surgical operating room, if you were to undergo alcohol septal ablation uh, in the cath lab, uh, where the proceduralist will squirt some alcohol into one of your heart arteries to, sh to shrink the heart muscle, uh, the transesophageal echo, or in many cases surface echo, what it helps is again guide the proceduralist as to where. Uh, the alcohol needs to be injected or how much uh, and more importantly it may help the proceduralist to abort the procedure if the anatomy is not suitable for doing so. So imaging, to summarize, imaging in hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is absolutely crucial not only to establish the diagnosis but to help plan a procedure to help risk stratify. One last thing I'm going to mention that I did not mention is it also helps in terms of differential diagnosis. So a lot of, um, there, are, there are many scenarios where uh, HCM may look like something else and vice versa. So use of advanced imaging, including echo, MRI, uh, it can help characterize your tissue. It can help characterize and maybe diagnose something else. So what are some of the common things that can be confused? Obviously something called Fabre's disease that is genetically inherited. On the other end of the spectrum, something called amyloidosis where there is bad protein deposited in your heart muscle and that has a bad prognosis. Sometimes hypertension, long-standing bl high blood pressure will also mimic hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So these are, so, so it helps differential diagnose, it helps us separate the diagnosis also. So imaging is crucial, not only at time zero, but it is important for, if, uh, it is important in the future for serial monitoring. Most cases, uh, if uh, you will need periodic follow-up, especially if you are not, if you've not had a procedure, uh, then we need to make sure you're not evolving and we need to uh, challenge you from uh, time to time. If you had a procedure, then we need to make sure things are not uh, getting, uh, there's no recurrence uh, of your problems. In many cases, uh, there's emerging data that, you know, for risk of sudden cardiac death, uh, the, the fibrosis, the deposition of fibrosis, uh, it may increase over years. So, we are recommending that people undergo cardiac MRI every three to five years to make sure uh, there's no increase in fibrosis. Similarly, you may your doctor may order an echo at least uh, 
once a year or at least uh, periodically to make sure things have not progressed. So imaging is absolutely crucial, not only at time zero, but it is your friend for life. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash loveyourheartpodcast. podcast.